the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. All right, we're going to start off with Jr. He is here, Jr. Davis. He is the governor's spokesman. He will join us today for the first hour, and then we'll repeat that uh, hour in the last hour. A couple of interesting things to talk about. First one is of uh, immense interest to me, and the second one is of immense interest to me because, well, I'll explain it as we go along. To everybody who's on Facebook today, how are you doing? Uh, I'm very proud to say that the Facebook Dave Ellswick show has been doing very, very well to the tune of about, in the last month, 70,000 views. Wow. So we're very happy with that. And uh, tell your friends, share this material, tell people to watch this. You're going to get content here you'll not get anywhere else. And you can watch the show. Uh, You that are out there listening on radio and go Dave Ellswick Show on Facebook. Yeah, facebook.com slash Dave Ellswick Show. And uh, you can watch the show instead of just listening to it. Please do not do it in your car. <laughs> All right. If you happen to miss the show, you can always go back to uh, my Facebook and it posts uh, each hour. And you can go back and watch it again if you want to. Or if you see something that interests you and you want to get uh, specifics, out of some of the shows, you can do that as well. So Jr. is here in the first hour. Second hour, I'll take over and by myself and talk about uh, the Kabuki Theater yesterday called the Mueller uh, Report uh, Democrat disaster that they had in Washington, D.C. in Congress. And in the 4 o'clock hour, we're going to have Robert Steinbach on here, and we're going to talk to him about it a little bit more. It's It's... It's amazing that the Democrats are trying their hardest right now to say, well, you know, we really got what we wanted from Mueller and all. No, you didn't. You know, your line is not very good. And by the way, before I start here, real quick, I got a story I wanted to pass on because I kept thinking yesterday when Schiff was talking to Mueller and they didn't have any solid evidence, they said to, to go after Trump about collusion and uh, the Trump administration didn't try to slow down the dem- uh, the uh, investigation or anything. Well, Schiff sat up and and took this high-minded approach of, well, you know, us uh, us folks need to uh, not just avoid criminality. In quoting him, the need to act in ethical manners is not just a moral one. But when people act unethically, it also exposes them to compromise, particularly when they're dealing with foreigners. Is that true? Uh, Schiff asked Mueller that yesterday. Mueller, of course, looked at Schiff and said, true. I mean, what is he going to say? No, false? I mean, sure, it's, it, it, it can be true. And then he goes, well, protecting the sanctity of our elections begins with the recognition that accepting foreign help is disloyal to our country, unethical, and wrong. We cannot control what the Russians do, not completely, but we can decide what we do, and that 
this centuries-old experiment we call American democracy is worth cherishing. Now, as I listen to that, I go, what was it that Schiff did several years ago at the beginning of this stuff that was just beyond the pale? And I couldn't bring it up. You know, it's one of those things I knew it was there, but yeah. I couldn't bring it up. And uh, a good friend of ours, a good friend of the, of the show's, Ash Go and uh, Russ knows who we're talking about here. She worked with uh, the Examiner, and now she works for the uh, Daily Wire. Wrote a story today, and thank you, Ash, because you brought it up. She says these statements are totally hypocritical, coming from Schiff, who two years ago eagerly attempted to obtain naked photos of Trump from two Russian pranksters whom he was told were Ukrainian officials, including chairman of the Ukrainian parliament. The pranksters have claimed Trump had sex with Russian model Olga Buzov after the 2013 (laughs) Miss Universe pageant. Schiff's office, after getting caught, claimed he suspected it was fake and had, quote, informed appropriate law enforcement and security personnel of the conversation before and after call, a spokesman told The Atlantic magazine. Well, it was a bad Ethical, day. Ethical, huh? It was a bad day for Democrats <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> it was a bad day for Shift, I'm telling you. And I'll tell you this. Idiot. You know, when you talk about the, the hits keep on hitting, uh, in the morning you had everything uh, for, what, the first three hours, and you had the second three hours in Mueller or whatever in the in the afternoon. But when he came out and he told uh, Ted Lieu that... Oh, yeah, they you know, nuts. And he was like, well, you know, can you can you prosecute him? Uh, you know, after he leaves the presidency, yes. Oh, that was that's what they wanted. The rest of the morning was horrible. But then <laughs> Mueller comes back in the afternoon and says, "I actually like to correct the record really fast." What I told what I told Ted Lieu was was inaccurate. I we said that we we reached uh, no conclusion, uh, and there is there are no plans. <laughs> to, yeah, we're not going to gonna go after, after him. And I just thought that was funny because it was rough. At least they had that. And then as well, soon as that, they, they had they something thought, good. And then in the afternoon, he comes back and just takes it off off the table. And anyway, it was as insane. soon as that was said. Yeah. I mean, uh, um, Milano, whatever. I forget what her, what, what's her name, the, the actress. Oh, uh, I know you're talking about. Yeah. Hold on. Russ knows. He knows. He's going to jump on here. Tell us he's trying to find his microphone over there. Gotta get the mic right in here. <laughs> it's Alyssa Milano. Alyssa, Alyssa Milano, yes. Who's the boss, right? Who's the boss? Charmed. Okay, yeah, charmed. Something relatively new. But anyway, she went off. Man, she was all over it. So was Ron Howard and some others. And then they came back. He came back and, and uh, did that. And she goes, it was like Mueller's such a dummy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was funny. It was. It was. Uh, it was entertaining to say the least. Well, Bad I, day. Bad day for Democrats. It was a. Well, see, what I don't understand is that the Democrats honestly think this is Watergate again. They think this is. I'm just telling you, Jr. They think it's water. This is not. I live through Watergate. This is not Watergate. It also seemed that Watergate, everything led to something else, right? Like it was, you know, you found this, and then this would lead to that, and then it was, you know, and finally you had the smoking gun sort of thing. Well, this has just been sort of a. Uh, a track practice you know you go in circles and and how much you know how many times can you bring up the same the same topic and 
once there's a conclusion reached on that topic, you know, how many more times can you revisit it? So it's just it's one of those things where again, I thought it was interesting yesterday. Uh, it was fairly boring, uh, but that's, unbel- that's and, an understatement. Yeah, and uh, but when he said that the first time, I was like, well, there's there's your there's your something there, and then immediately uh, after the break, coming back saying, I you know got to correct the record. That's not what I meant, and you could just kind of just feel the air coming out of the room with uh, with the Democrats, but. Anyway, it's uh, you know, it's not going to stop. They're they're not going to slow down. You as know what we really killed them? What really killed them was uh, Mueller when they asked him about the Steele dossier. That's beyond my purview. That right. was his answer. Then they asked him about Fusion GPS, and he couldn't even remember what Fusion GPS was. And he said, "I'm not familiar with that. That was outside of my purview." Yeah, which told me. Now, he did what a lot of people who lead investigating. He gave this stuff to different lawyers. They did all the legwork. They wrote the, the stuff up. He didn't even – some of this stuff is very obvious. He didn't even read it. Yeah, and I, you saw the story today about uh, uh, Rick Crawford, uh, Wayne in Congressman Crawford, about no. how he's, he's concerned for uh, the mental health of, of uh, Mueller. Yeah. Just – because you could, he just wasn't sharp. He couldn't, you know, I don't know if it was, you couldn't hear the questions. Did you, you just see the very, difference very... between him yesterday and that day in March when he talked about the report? He was on yeah. his game. And I don't know if it was, and it's probably one of those things, too. I don't think he wanted to be there. I don't think he wanted to be there, and I don't think he, I don't think he prepared. I mean, I think, you know, he's like, look, I'm not going to tell you anything more than what's in the report. And yeah, I, read I think the report. May, well, and that's essentially what he said over and over again. Yeah. It's in the report. It's in the report. It's yeah. in the report. And, and, and you know, to, and to, to his credit, you know, Democrats wanted him there. They, they pushed and pushed and pushed, and he, he said even earlier in the lot. month, he said, look, I have nothing more to say that is not in the report. Mm-hmm. Like it's everything I I would say publicly is in the report. He said that over and over and over again. Democrats did everything they could to get him there. Finally did, and that's what you get. I mean, that's exactly what he said. He said exactly what he said he was going to say. Yeah. Basically, so it just seemed like he was yes a didn't want to be there. B you know, not prepared because he, there's no new information. Um, and I agree with you. I think there were some aspects of that report that he, yeah, just either didn't read or, or didn't have a whole lot uh, uh, in, of involvement in. Um, but, you know, that's what the Democrats wanted. They thought they'd get their smoking gun. And um, I had, I had, egg on the face yesterday. Of course, yesterday I brought on our, uh, our bud, Robert uh, Steinbach, because uh, he has worked in Washington. He's been the head litigator on government cases, and he talked about that yesterday. He says, look, I'd give off certain things to certain people, and maybe I'd glance over what they did, but they were professionals. They're really good. I didn't have to worry. Yeah. You know, he says, uh, if, if there was something that was going to come out in the report that was maybe incendiary, I would have a meeting with the person that they were going to, you know, quote, hear what they had to say, and I would have to, at that point, give the yay or nay to whether we believed it or we didn't believe it. Sometimes we did, sometimes we didn't. Yeah. But he's he's really good. It's been good to have uh, uh, him on because Robert has been behind the curtain, so to speak, and he can talk about what's going on and all of that stuff. That's why you never miss him when he's on. He'll be on at 4 o'clock today.
So you don't want to you'll want to hear what he has to say. I didn't know this until yesterday. He's got three law degrees, all from Ivy League schools. I did not know that. I did not either. And he just had an article yesterday that was published in the Federalist uh, about immigration. At this, it's a, it's a must read. We posted it on the Facebook page, and you need to go check it out. It's really a good read. Easy, understandable. He's a good guy. Good he guy. Is. All right, let's get a break. When we come back, I want to talk about this article that came out last week, I think it was, talking about uh, sales tax in the state of Arkansas. And uh, we're number one, and we're tied for number one in the United States as far as sales taxes go. Let's discuss that when we come back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, back with you. Don't forget about uh, Sonny's Auto Salvage, your number one choice for recycled auto parts. The number there, write this down now, 9827451. I'm going to talk for a few more moments about them. If you didn't have something to write this down with or type it into your phone, uh, then uh, hang on. I'll give you that phone number again. You want to call over there, talk to RD, or you want to talk to one of his professionals. They can help you if you need to get a, a motor for your car, a transmission, or whatever part that you need for your automobile. A to, um, apart from a total loss vehicle, is a whole lot cheaper and works just as good as getting like a rebuilt engine, uh, OEM kind of stuff. Because uh, to be honest, that engine that was in that car when it had uh, the collision and somebody T-boned it and it can't be driven anymore, the engine's probably still in really good shape. And the folks over at Sunny's Auto Salvage, check it out. They run it through a, its steps, and then uh, everything's okay. They sell it to you. I've bought two of engines from them, one for my Acadia and one for a Toyota that I have. And I bought a transmission, and I bought that for my Acadia as well. That's why I'm driving my Acadia, and the speedometer now says I'm well past 300,000 miles. It can save you a whole lot of money. If you buy a, a rebuilt Engine, for instance, probably five grand. Get it from over at uh, Sunny's Auto. Get it for eighteen hundred, and then get all the uh, get it put in and save your money doing that as well. Every part guaranteed comes with a standard warranty, one, two, three year warranties on all the parts. Now here's the number again. I'm going to give it to you again. Give you plenty of time. Type it into your phone or write it down. Nine eight two seven four five one. Nine eight two seven four five one. Why buy a rebuilt engine or get a brand new car and have seven years of car payments when you can get an engine from a total lost vehicle that has been well-maintained at Sunny's Auto Salvage, your number one choice for recycled auto parts. All right, Jr. here, Jr. Davis, he's the governor's spokesman. Jr. when you look at, when the governor looks at that article, for instance, that was in the paper talking about you know, Arkansas tied for number one as far as sales tax. When he looks at that, I got to believe that bothers him. Uh, it sends a, a message that, you know, not only are we, you know, we, we still have a state income tax and we got a high sales tax. And when he looks at that, how, how does he decide or what is he trying to decide for the future of the state? Well, I think you know, first and foremost, it's uh – 
uh, you know, the governor's focus has always been on the income tax rate. Right. Uh, and, and I think that that's something that will continue to be a focus of his. But he points out, and he pointed out in the article as well when we were asked by uh, reporter Mike Wickline, uh, that this is something that the uh, legislative uh, tax reform and relief task force debated uh, throughout 2018. This was a really big um, part of their discussions and debate w- w- were around sales taxes, um, you know, where to eliminate some. Uh, you know, there was a debate around capping local and, and uh, state and local sales taxes at a certain level. Obviously, that wasn't something that was, uh, uh, you know, legislation wasn't accomplished on, on that aspect during the session. But it's also important to point out, as the governor did, was the grocery tax that was, uh, you know, um, decreased to its lowest possible amount in January of this year, which uh, really helped relieve the burden on all Arkansans, but Mm -hmm. especially low-income Arkansans. Um, And, you know, of course, the income tax work that we're doing, which is, you know, going from 6.9 to 5.9, he's still focused on doing more of that uh, in the future. But I think what you're going to see is this debate will continue as we lead up to the next General Assembly. Uh, I think we'll see, you know, more debate on those caps at local levels, because I think a lot of that is being driven by, you know, those local municipalities. Uh, the, the story mentioned, too, and this is from the Tax Foundation, that, you know, there's been some annexations of some of these smaller communities uh, into some larger cities, uh, and that has driven uh, the tax rate up a little bit in some of these local municipalities. So uh, I, there's a lot of different things. And Walter Anger with DFNA, uh, he also pointed out the fact that we have we do have some caps at the local level, and we have some rebates um, uh, that taxpayers can tap into as well. Those weren't taken into account from the tax foundation. So Arkansas's tax system tax rate sales tax specifically uh it's it's a it's a little more complicated i think than what the tax foundation was comparing and they admitted as much i mean they're going by just you know the straight up sales tax for each state and combining that so it's a little more complicated it it certainly needs to be reformed um but in the governor's mind you know the legislature is is talking about that the governor's been focused since the 2014 campaign on continuing to lower that income tax rate uh, and he'd like to get it as close to five percent at least before the next governor gets into office um, and, and then can further reduce that if if uh, if the means are there but you know I think uh, you know what we've seen over the last four years is we've we've continued to cut taxes we've raised teacher pay um, and we have a Two, almost a $300 million surplus. Uh, and I think that speaks volumes to sort of the cautious re- approach uh, of this administration and legislative leadership over the last four years. We, we have a lot more work to do, but it's really important to do that responsibly you know, because obviously there's, you know, everybody brings up Kansas, but there's those, or Illinois, but there's those opportunities where, you know, if you're not careful, you can get yourself into hot water. So it's important to do it cautiously and responsibly. There's a lot of work left to do, but we've done a lot of work already. So when he looks at his legacy for the state of Arkansas, he's looking more at the state tax than changing things everywhere. Well, I th- well, so you know, what I'm saying no, no, and, I, yeah, and I think his legacy, he sees it as, you know, first and foremost, he is the executive branch. 
Uh, he's not the legislative branch. He has these agenda items. He pushes them, um, and he's been successful in everything that he's brought to the table. But all of that, and we've talked about this before, is workforce, economic development, uh, and then transforming state government. When I say transforming, not just this big bill that we passed in the 2019 legislative session. We're talking about constantly looking for those efficiencies, identifying those efficiencies. We talked about the My DMV. Uh, website where you can you don't have to go to the revenue office anymore to you know get your new tags and things like that and that's an efficiency people don't have to use gas and get out and do all that stuff they can do it online so it's just those day-to-day efficiencies we continue to identify the hiring freeze which we still have you know uh, somewhere plus of 1,400 fewer state employees than 2015. So we've done a lot of those things. That's what he's focused on with his legacy. Um, But you're going to continue to see this this conservative Republican legislature look at all the different taxes and further reduce that burden on Arkansans. All right, we've got to take a break. We'll come back. J.R. Davis, our guest, governor spokesman, after the news. Don't forget about P.I. Roofing. You need your roof fixed, you go to P.I. Roofing. They've been an advertiser of mine for 15 years. Joel Johnson, Veronica Johnson. I, I was there almost from the time that P.I. Roofing was birthed. You know what? How, how it started? Joel got in his pickup truck, decided to go out on his own, and would go down neighborhoods, and he could look at roofs and tell the roofs that needed, really needed some help. He'd stop and talk to the owners of the houses and uh, make them a good deal, do the work for them. He, um, you know, he saved his shekels, and now he's got one of the best uh, roofing companies in central Arkansas. If not, as I like to say, the best. I think they're the best because they've, they've done my roof, did a fantastic job. Uh, they've done a lot of my friends' roofs. They've done a lot of my advertisers' roofs, uh, and they've done just great great work now on top of that they've got their home repair that they do if you get a uh, a leak and it destroys a ceiling in a bedroom let's say they'll come in and fix it and it's not a big deal to get them to come out a lot of the you know construction companies don't like to take little jobs like that pi roofing they're your helper as far as that's concerned then they'll clean out your gutters now and they have uh a product now that they can put on your gutter to keep the the crap from building up in it. And it looks like crown molding. It's absolutely beautiful. Take a look at that. Take a look at what they can do for your roof, what they can do for your inside of your home, what they can do to clean your gutters out. Just go to piroofing.com. J.R. Davis with us. Uh, let's get back talk to him. Interesting story in today's paper. And we were talking about the, the, the tax uh, reform group that was meeting and mm-hmm. some of the things that they ran into nobody wants their baby touched i mean that's right that's the yeah. bottom line nobody wants their baby touched article in the paper today about p allen smith now let me full disclosure i know p allen knew him from the other station i was at uh we made sure his show got on that station i don't know if it's still there or not he does some local TV stuff. Uh, he's national with national public uh, television and uh, with PBS. And, you know, he's very, very popular. However, Stacy Hurst, in front of a meeting with government officials, who I feel are supposed to be sitting uh, and asking questions about how money is being spent and is it being spent wisely— P. Allen's being paid 
through a middleman. It's an advertising agency. I forget which one. I think it's Cranford uh, and and dumb and dumb and dumb kind of thing. <laughs> All right, but I know Miss Cranford had for years. Bottom line, two hundred thousand dollars. Okay. Now they want to crank that up. Was I? Am I right that they want to go up to eight hundred thousand dollars? Yeah. So so basically, um, for for the last eight years, I believe. <clears throat> And I watched uh, some of the the hearing yesterday. Um, So for the last eight years or so, uh, P. Allen Smith has received somewhere between $50,000 and $200,000 a year from the state to act as a media vendor, uh, which is sort of – and now we would sort of classify that now as an influencer, right? And so uh, he has the Moss Mountain um, uh, sort of – Park, yeah, the Jeffersonian house. Yeah, so, so people yes. come in, and it's a tourist attraction. Uh, but obviously, he has the social media and the national presence and that sort of thing. So, uh, for the last eight years, that's he's received some sort of funding from Parks and Tourism through CJRW because um, they have the contract with with Parks and Tourism, uh, and and so their job with with Parks Heritage and Tourism now. Uh, as it's uh, uh, been transformed and reorganized into. Um, with their say, they basically look at it and say, okay, how can we utilize these advertising dollars to get the best bang for our buck yeah. to bring people to Arkansas, right? Guess that's what? their job. That's exactly what Stacey Hurst is supposed to be doing. And that's exactly what she is doing. And so I think she was making the point yesterday, she was making the point that, you know, while while we, you know, look, we, we – uh, we like P. Allen Smith. I think he's done a, a lot of good things for um, certain areas of Arkansas, and he's he's shed some light on some different tourist attractions yeah. in the state, and he's done that over the last 20 years. But at the same time, too, going from $200,000 to somewhere around $845,000 is a big jump. Uh, and no, wait. Let me stop there. <laughs> Gigantic, huge, yes, gigantic, jump. huge. Sorry, jump. yes, it is. It's a big jump. We're talking what? Th- and P. Allen, I love you. You know yeah. it. I like a guy. But the and she was saying, look, we need to see some measurables. You know, and actually, because he says that you know his product is worth about one point four million dollars uh, to the state of Arkansas, and he was paid about two hundred thousand dollars in the previous year. That contract has has run out uh, as of June thirtieth. So there's there's no contract with. Allen Smith at this point in time. Um, and so he's saying, I can do more if you give me more. Uh, and and Secretary Hurst is saying, look, we, we've got to be good stewards of taxpayer dollars. Um, you know, look, Senator Mark Johnson pointed out that, uh, you know, media has changed over the last 30 years. Things are different. Um, and so I think that's what you've seen from uh, from CJRW, you know, we're really focusing on sort of those influencers, uh, those millennials, uh, where social media is a big part of it, Instagram specifically, where you you pay them a, a nominal amount of money to come into the state to basically show how much fun it is and, and, and set up some, you know, uh, some uh, day trips and things like that. And they share that with the folks that follow them and you bring you know, that's just one new way to to bring uh, tourists to Arkansas. And so what the point is, uh, you have to take a look every year. And that's what Parks Heritage and Tourism does is they take a look at these contracts every single year and say, OK, what's what's working? What's not working? We have to be good stewards of taxpayer dollars. We, and we have to stretch the dollar all the time. Yeah. All right. Absolutely. She is doing exactly what we talk about here on the show, folks. Mm-hmm. 
that she makes sure that the money that she's spending, because she knows it's your money, trying to make sure it's spent the best. Now, she may want to spend it here. It's up to the uh, legislature to hear what she's saying, and then they get to ask questions because they want to make sure the money's being spent the best. Yeah, and the the Travel Commission within uh, uh, the Department of Parks, Heritage, and Tourism, every single month, CGRW comes uh, to the meetings and and shares with them this information. They go through that data, uh, and as Secretary Hurst pointed out to the committee yesterday, that for every one for every dollar spent on media for mm-hmm. tourism in Arkansas, the state gets back about 135. So that's a huge return on investment, and that's what Secretary Hurst is focusing on, saying, "Okay, if we if we're spending this money, what is our return on investment?" Um, and and so you know, I think that there's with with you know P. Allen Smith, he argues that he's he's worth a certain amount of money, uh, and I think rightfully so, and and this is the way it should be. Uh, you know, Secretary Hurst and her team there are saying we just need to see the measurables. We got to see more than what you're telling us because we want to make sure that we are I mean, this doing is a, the right thing. About a four time, yeah, jump. And look, uh, Senator Ballinger asked the question point blank to P. Allen Smith. They said, "Okay, if if they're willing to move forward with this two hundred thousand dollar contract that you've had previously, uh, would you be willing to do so?" And he said, "Probably not." Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's his prerogative. There was also some, you know, I think he had um, uh, some questions directed to him as if he would move out of state and take stuff with him, and he said that is an option. Um, but, you know, it's that's, that's his prerogative. It's a free country, but we've got to make sure we're doing right by taxpayers and that we're, more importantly, tourism is the second uh, largest industry in Arkansas. It's so important to the economic fabric of our state. So when you have these advertising dollars, you have to use them wisely and make sure you're stretching them as far as they'll go and reaching as many people as you can reach through social media, you know, regular media, right. um, whatever it might be, uh, because, you know, you know, a lot of people don't know about Arkansas. And this is an opportunity for us to get more people in. And so word of mouth, all the different things, the influencer campaigns, but you have to be smart with that money and, and saying that, you know, that you you want six hundred and forty five thousand dollars more than you've ever received from the state of Arkansas, it's it's absolutely appropriate uh, for Secretary Hurst to say we need to see those numbers. Yeah, well, um, let's let's just go to the story here from the the Dem Gas. It's on page three B. I just wanted to point this out. Uh, Hurst pointed to a recent social media post by one of the department's unpaid mm-hmm. ambassadors. That reached 71,000 people, which is more than the reach of any of the posts Smith provided. According to Hearst analysis, there were 1,432 website visits to Arkansas.com from Smith's website, pallensmith.com, for a two-year period, while the state's digital buys from the American Association of Retired Persons website, aarp.com, sent 99,769 visitors to the state's tourism website over the same time period. Then last but not least, the department also paid mountain biking influencer Seth Alvo 10 grand and got nearly 502,000 social media engagements in exchange. And that's what's important. When you talk about engagements, that's not just likes. We're talking about, oh, well, we're talking about comments, shares, yes, likes, but that's that's not just who what people have seen from the from the post. That's that's actual, you know, 
you know, going through it, engaging with that post, and, you know, obviously considering coming to Arkansas to partake in what we've now been sort of established as one of the international capitals of mountain biking in Arkansas. And then you got I think, the Buffalo River. We've got, we've got some buff- really we've some got, sellables. No, we have some incredible sellables in the state of Arkansas, but that's what's important. So if we're, we're cultivating this, that's when I say using these ad dollars – uh, you know, to be good stewards of taxpayer dollars, but using them in the right way to bring people into the state. You also have to look at what, you know, where are we pushing? And, and mountain biking is a big part of that right now. Mm-hmm. In Northwest Arkansas, the money being put into those trails, and now Maybe not they garden. just hosted the International Mountain Biking uh, uh, um, Association coming mm-hmm. in, and, and that brought in thousands of people to Northwest Arkansas. Um, but obviously, whether it's in Hot Springs or the Delta or Northeast Arkansas, or right here in Central Arkansas, there are certain things that you have to focus on and be very uh, deliberate uh, in where those dollars are going. And I think, you know, what we've seen from uh, tourism and the industry here in our state over the last uh, nine to 10 years is those numbers have continued to go up. So we're doing something right. Uh, but you can't rest on those laurels. You've got to continue to look and see how we can better put these uh, dollars uh, into uh, means that will bring more people into the state. And so, again, I think it's appropriate to say absolutely appropriate. Probably that's a weak word for what I'm trying to say here. But you absolutely should say, if you want this money, absolutely, you can request it. It's all day long. Say, this is is my proposal. This is what I have planned. This is what I'm worth. But show us those numbers. We need to be able to see what we're getting back. Uh, from this investment, um, and so that's that was really it was two and a half hours long. Um, that was the the sort of the crux of of the entire um, two and a half hour long uh, committee meeting yesterday. So uh, my understanding is, you know, uh, director or excuse me, Secretary <laughs> Hurst said uh, to one of the uh, members that uh, absolutely they're open for you know negotiations and and sitting down and talking with P. Allen Smith. Um, but obviously, yesterday, from his own comments, he's made it pretty clear that that he doesn't want to. Continue they really in the don't same get capacity. to talk. They don't get to talk to him. They got to go to a middleman. Well, and I think you got to remember, CJRW. This is a this is a contract for to help market Arkansas tourism. Mm-hmm. But they're not just making these decisions, you know, by themselves. But they are. Uh, they're going to to. Um, Parks Heritage and Tourism, they're meeting with Secretary Hurst. This is, I think, on a monthly basis, but they certainly uh, review this on an annual basis to say, okay, here's what we think you should do. This is how you you stretch that dollar. We think we can reach more people by doing this at a, at a lower cost um, than you know what we've been doing previously. Uh, those are decisions that ultimately are made uh, by by Parks Heritage and Tourism, but CGRW is is the one that sort of acts on their behalf to to implement those marketing campaigns. So, um, you know, I think whether uh, you know Secretary Hurst said she's absolutely open to to sitting down with with P. Allen Smith and his people and, and discussing this further. But again, like I said, it was very clear. I think just from look, I was watching it, but just yeah. from his comments, it, it seemed to be clear that he was not interested in moving forward with with the uh, contract he's he's had over the last several years. Um, and again, that's his prerogative. And if that's not the case, my understanding too, there's already a two hundred thousand um, dollars sort of line item there that's basically for P. Allen. Alan Smith, right. if they re-up that contract. If not, you know, it's Secretary Hurst's um, 
responsibility, and, and she's obviously more than uh, willing to, to do this, and let's take that money and reallocate it and say, okay, how can we spend this to bring more people into the state? Um, and that's, you know, it's, right, it's heads so. and beds, and if you can't count those numbers, it's difficult to say, you know, we can move forward with something. I'm like with them. I'm so, with them. You tell, tell Stacey she's doing a good job. She's doing what she should do. I will. Um, we really uh, – I appreciate hearing her doing that, and I I appreciate P. Allen too. No, absolutely. I, I just just, and I think that's what's lost. I think in some of this is a back and forth. He he has a proposal, and he should absolutely be able to bring that to the state. Yeah. And say, this is what I want. Um, and and yes, I think he is a a, a treasure to the state. He's mm-hmm. done a lot of great good things. Man. He's brought a lot of people to, um, you know, the area in and around Hot Springs and, and Moss Mountain area, and um, and he's he's brought a lot of eyes to Arkansas through his videos and 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 TV shows and things like that Uh, but at some point you still have to be able to make sense uh, of of the po- proposal and the contract and and it's, and at the end of the day taxpayer dollars is uh, going to try to benefit way. the rest of our Kansans. when it comes to what you're doing on the internet you can measure that yeah and the measurements have to line up with the dollars it's just bottom right. line well, right, and that's in any good investment, right? That's what you know. We're again, we we throw this term around so much, but when we say good stewards of taxpayer dollars, you know, everybody pays taxes, or you know, not to say everybody, <laughs> but those who do Try pay taxes, to. you know, it's the state's responsibility <laughs> to say, hey, you know, we're going to be responsible with your money. And, and and invest it so the return on investments not just to the state but to the people of Arkansas mm-hmm. and that's what we're trying to do so to say that you know yeah that makes yeah that looks good fine whatever here's a check and nobody wants that and so we want to make sure that we're, we're doing right by the people of Arkansas but also right by uh, our number two industry in Arkansas and and if we're just if we're just cutting checks and we don't know where they're going and we don't know how that return on investments, you know, um, uh, showing up in, in sort of our coffers, then we're not doing right by the Arkansas taxpayer. And, and we're certainly not doing right by the tourism industry here in Arkansas. So that's the goal. Um, and, uh, and and so we'll see where this goes. But but I think Secretary Hurst did absolutely the right thing yesterday. And, I had to and, go back and watch it. I'm sure I can I can grab it out of uh, the archives. All right. We'll be back. We'll finish up. Got about nine minutes remi- uh, remaining. Don't forget about Applied Research Center of Arkansas. Thirteen different studies going on right now, maybe more now, that you can get involved with. If you qualify for them, you'll get the medicines free. You'll get paid uh, for you know working on one of these current studies. As uh, you know, just a, a person who wants to be in a low testosterone study and. You got low testosterone, you're 45 to 80 years of age, you're a male, and you got a history of risk of heart disease or stroke, they want to talk to you. To find out about what you need to do to qualify for all their studies just and what their studies are, just go to ARC Arkansas. That's ARC Arkansas, one word, dot com. Or call them, 501-954-7822. That's Applied Research Center of Arkansas. All right. Let's finish it up. We're down to about two and a half minutes left here. What are you planning? When are you going on vacation again? <laughs> I just was wondering. I'm going I'm going to Florida the last week of September. The last weekend of September. Yeah, that's the, all the time to do it. All yeah. the kids are gone. They're going back to school. I don't have to deal with them. Yeah. Uh, all the No, I won't even talk about that. But the bottom line, 
I'll just have a good time. I won't yeah. have to stand in line for anything. It's perfect. Yeah. So that's so just that's you. It's just like a Dave trip. Yeah. yeah. That's what it is. Well, we'll probably take a few days at the end of August. Um, but, okay. you know, we're uh, – uh, as it is in 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 uh, probably most businesses, but the summer, you know, people take off, take vacations, oh, kind of hold the fort down, and kind of a skeletal crew. We're, we're, we're losing. Um, we've had a couple of really good interns this summer that have uh-huh. been great, and their last day is tomorrow. And we have our social media um, uh, director uh, uh, Anna Lowry. She is leaving she's going to occupational therapy school at uca so oh, we're, wow. we're, we're losing a few folks so i'm going to try to um you know batten down the hatches if you will for the next few weeks um and uh, and then we'll see from there but yeah i'll take a few days off probably going to colorado to see a concert oh that's right you said something about going to, to mm-hmm. was it red mountain uh, yeah the red rocks red rocks yeah which is awesome we've been there once we saw the avid brothers it was the coolest i mean it's the coolest venue i, I mean i just as far as just being outside and sort of feeling like you're just <laughs> in the middle of the mountains it's yeah. it's really really cool but we're we'll probably go back out there and uh, see one of our uh favorite groups and and then just you know hang out and chill so you're bit. going to that big concert with ozzy is that what you're telling me? <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah well i would tell you who it is but i don't know that you would yeah, i wouldn't even, even know who clue. it is so but anyway right. it'll, i appreciate it'll you coming in brother good to see you buddy. thank you very much jr davis governor spokesperson here on the dave ellswick show uh if you only picked up part of the show remember five o'clock a replay of this show for you because there's a lot of important things to hear that jr had to say i'll be back next hour just me and you and uh talking about mueller coming up on the dave elswick show all right before i get back talking a little bit about what happened yesterday with Mueller, uh, a couple of interesting stories uh in the paper today we talked about one of them uh with jr uh, and that is this whole thing about uh, the deal with uh, uh p allen and Right now, uh, you know, Stacey Hurst Wednesday defend, uh, defended a recent decision to block a more than $645,000 subcontract increase for uh, P. Allen Smith. Hurst answered questions from the House and Senate committees on state agencies and governmental affairs concerning a request from Arkansas-based celebrity gardener P. Allen Smith to increase his marketing subcontract with the state, which is procured through the marketing firm Cranford Johnson Robinson Woods Incorporated, from about $200,000 to $845,600 a year. Quote, we take a smart, measured, responsible, and data-driven approach to develop our marketing strategy being ever mindful that we must be good stewards of taxpayer dollars, Hearst said. We don't spend frivolously or without solid research and accountability measures to ensure the best return on the investment. Smith, who is known internationally and hosts a handful of national and international television shows, including PBS's P. Allen Smith's Garden Table, as well as podcasts and video blogs, acts as an influencer to promote tourism in the state. Smith's uh, productions heavily spotlight Arkansas's locales and attractions, as well as the talent of local artists and chefs. His guided tours of his gardens and Jefferson-inspired farm home in Roland draw visitors from around the globe. Question being, 
Okay, for $200,000 a year, maybe that's enough. Maybe he draws enough to bring uh, enough money into the state from what he does to make sure that uh, the you know the uh, the government here in Arkansas want to use taxpayers money with that. However, I'm just saying to go from $200,000 to 8456 that's that's a huge huge jump. I mean, that's a massive jump. As I as I read this article, and again, the article was written by uh, Jeannie Roberts of the Dim Gas. It's on the uh, front page above the fold on the local se- uh, section. Um, you got all these people talking, and Smith's social media effect surpasses that of the state, Johnson said. That's talking about Senator Johnson. Smith's Instagram account, at P. Allen Smith has 67,700 followers and a recent post of an Arkansas sunset from the front porch of his farmhouse uh, garnered nearly 3,200 likes. Okay, so he got 3,200 likes. My question is, how many of those 3,200 likes are coming to Arkansas to see a sunset? I'm just asking. These are questions that this is stuff that has got to be asked. Do you know how much legitimate dollars this program generates for the state? And um, just just interested about what's going on here about all of this. You see, according to, uh, you know, I'll go back to this segment in the uh, article, Hearst, pointed to a recent social media post by one of the department's unpaid ambassadors that reached 71,000 people, quote, which is more than the reach of any of the posts Smith had provided. According to Hearst's analysis, there were 1,432 website visits to Arkansas.com from P. Allen Smith's website, pallensmith.com, for a two-year period, while the state's digital buys with uh, AARP got them 99,769 visitors to the state's tourism uh, website, Arkansas.com, over the same time period. The department also paid mountain biking influencer Seth Alvo $10,000 uh, and he is, uh, you know, this uh, mountain biking is becoming a big thing here in Arkansas. And uh, got nearly 502,000 social media engagements in that exchange. So there's other people out there getting less and bringing in more. And you've got to, you know, you've got to take the, take all of that into consideration. And maybe they want to raise, um, you know, maybe P. Allen right now is just, uh, doing what typically is done sometimes with contract negotiations, asking uh, for the sky and the moon and, and, and hoping hoping that, uh, you know, he goes from 200000 to, I don't know, $320,000. Maybe that's what he's doing. I, I don't know. I hope that they find a way to keep him, uh, you know, working here with the state of Arkansas 
I don't know how other states would use what he does. I mean, we're, we're saying that, let's say Tennessee wants to use tourism dollars uh, for P. Allen Smith to push Tennessee. Okay, well, that means he's got to go to Tennessee to shoot a lot of different stuff that he uses on his social media. So, it, you know, is that even, as far as I would look at it, uh, a cost that he can absorb? So now you got to travel with the crew and all the rest. It's not like he can pick up his, uh, his home that he has over in Roland and move it to Tennessee. I don't think that's probably something that can be done. So hopefully they can work something out. I think uh, P. Allen Smith is a benefit to the state. I think the state is a benefit to P. Allen Smith. And uh, maybe he's due a bump, an increase. But they need to put, you know, get their pencils out, get their little green lamp out, put on their, their little hat, their visor, lick the, the lead and put pencil to paper and figure out, is it financially feasible to keep this going on? I mean, that that's the, as a taxpayer, I got to believe that's what you want the heads of the departments to do. And that's what you want the people who are state senators and who are state representatives to do when they have uh, these meetings. This meeting, of course, with the State Department of Parks, uh, Heritage and Tourism, and this is a, this was a governmental affairs, uh, state agency's governmental affairs uh, meeting, and they were asking questions. And evidently, this got out, and, and that Hearst wasn't looking to, to up P. Allen Smith by $600,000, so... Uh, I'll see if I can get uh, Senator Johnson on from over in Maumel, talk about this a little bit, see if Ballinger, Senator Ballinger can come on and talk about it, and even Alan Clark, Senator Clark is involved in this, have him come on and talk about it. I don't know if uh, uh, our buddy down in uh, Saline County is involved with it or not, Senator Hammer. Is Senator uh, Hammer on that, uh, that committee, Russ? I think Perhaps he is. I'll, I'll text him during the break. But we got a lot more to talk about today. There's another group that is uh, wanting to put a proposal on the uh, ballot in 2020 dealing with the legal use, recreational use of uh, marijuana. We'll talk about Hunter Fields' uh, article at, in the Demgas today on uh, the bottom of the of the right of the front page of the Arkansas section. That all in going on, let's take a quick break, then we'll come back. We'll talk more here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, back with you here on the Dave Ellswick Show. It's uh, 19 minutes after 3 on a Thursday. Tomorrow on Friday's show, uh, Matt Smith will be with us. We're working on uh, seeing if we can get uh, Amy Johnson on. Uh, from the Arkansas Virtual Academy to talk with us tomorrow, and we'll have some other people. We'll get folks on. I'm a, I'll tell you tomorrow about Tarantino's new movie. I'm going to go see it tonight, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I'll see that tonight and then bring my thoughts about the movie to you uh, tomorrow in the first hour. 
of the of the show. So that that's a big one that I that I want to to see. That's one I've had marked on my calendar for a while. Next week it'll be that new one with The Rock and Jason Statham uh, that uh, is a, a spinoff from the uh, Fast and Furious series. Well, a second 2020 ballot initiative seeking to legalize marijuana for recreational use was filed with the uh, Arkansas Secretary of State this week. Now, this is an article from Hunter Field uh, from the Demgas and under the um, headline, Another Proposal Seeks Legal Use of Pot. Arkansas True Grass, a cannabis advocacy group, submitted the proposed constitutional amendment, the Arkansas Recreation Marijuana Amendment of 2020, which would legalize the use of the drug and expunge any previous criminal convictions under the Arkansas Controlled Substances Act that were uh, solely based on uh, marijuana. Another advocacy group, and we've talked about this already, the uh, Group Policy Education Group, whose executive director is Melissa Fultz, already has filed a pair of proposed amendments with nearly identical goals. Now, both groups and their proposals seek to legalize marijuana and expunge past criminal offenses. So what's the difference? According to this article, uh, the uh, difference lies in the regulatory framework established by each. The Drug Policy Education Group split legalized recreational use of marijuana and conviction expungement in separate proposals. William Barger, a retired Arkansas National Guard member from Little Rock, submitted the latest proposed amendment on behalf behalf of Arkansas True Grass. He said that both groups' efforts have been coming together for some time. He said marijuana legislation would have positive widespread effects we've heard these before so i won't burden you with listening to that part again if it were legalized arkansas would be the 12th state in the u.s but the first southern state where cannabis may legally be used recreation uh, recreationally and let me tell you what that first southern state circle that in your mind That's huge because they believe, most of these groups do, uh, that if you can break through, so speak, the glass ceiling here in Arkansas about making pot legal, that the other glass uh, ceilings of Tennessee, Mississippi, you know, Alabama, Etc. Georgia, etc., etc., will fall as well, as well as um, you know, just state after state. At that point, in the past four years, ten states have passed expungement measures similar to those included in the proposals, according to the National Conference of State Legislatures. Republican Governor Asa Hutchinson has already said he opposes legalizing cannabis beyond medical purposes, and some conservative groups have announced opposition to the measures. Voters approved Amendment 98 to the Arkansas Constitution in 2016, 
which legalized marijuana use for 18 qualifying medical conditions. That program is only just now uh, getting off the ground as five dispensaries have opened to qualified patients. The state ultimately will have 32 dispensaries and five cultivation centers. Bargers and Fultz groups both still have several hurdles before their proposals are certified to appear on the November 3rd, 2020 ballot. They're big. Both groups must gather the signatures of at least 89,151 registered voters for each proposal. Then the State Board of Election Commissioners must certify the ballot measures. This is the first election cycle under this new certification process after the General Assembly changed the law earlier this year. In previous cycles, before backers could begin gathering signature, uh, the state attorney general would review the ballot title and popular name to ensure it accurately and clearly conveyed, conveyed what the initiative was. The Arkansas Recreational Marijuana Amendment of 2020 filed by Arkansas Truegrass proposes and proposed a more lax regulatory environment than that provided in the Drug Policy Education Group's Arkansas Adult Use Cannabis Amendment. So uh, there's a little bit of uh, questions about whether they can get the necessary uh, signatures. Now, I believe that the reason that they moved the uh, Secretary of State's decision after the uh, signatures is to make uh, people to think twice before spending the time, the effort, and the money to get the signatures when you've already had the wording correct on the uh, proposal. Now they're not going to tell you whether you got it correct and whether they'll let it on the ballot, evidently, until you have the signatures. So are you willing to take that chance? It's a big, big deal. Big, big question as well. So... um, I get, you know, it begs this question. And for you that are on, you know, uh, uh, our Facebook page watching this or on our Facebook page for the Dave Ellswick show watching this, uh, if you call 823-0965-501 is the area code. If you happen to be watching up in northwest Arkansas or down in southeast Arkansas, wherever you might be at, uh, just know that 501-823-0965 is the number right here. And I'm wondering how you feel about this. What do you think the chance is that, let's say, both these groups, and I I question whether both groups can get the necessary signatures, uh, but if both do and they bo- both of them get their uh, measures on the ballot in 2020, what do you think is their possibilities of getting the necessary votes in the election, presidential election the next year, to pass it. I mean, they, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, and uh, JR, during, I had JR on, and we talked about it. And he reminded me that uh, in the election for medicinal marijuana, it wasn't a huge slam dunk for medicinal marijuana. Now we're talking recreational marijuana. And uh, so do you, will you lose the voters in another election who 
were showing compassion in their own minds of allowing somebody, say, who had cancer, couldn't eat, had problems with chemotherapy, things of that nature, to try to get their uh, appetite back. Uh, And so a person out here voting on medicinal said, okay, I... You know, I understand there's some people that this may help, so I will vote for this. Where, on the other hand, recreational marijuana is, I'm just going to, you know, I'm asking you guys to to pass this just so folks can go out and get high. I mean, there's a, you know, in a, in a moral question for people, there's a big difference there, a huge difference there. So um, just wondering what you think. 501-823-0965. You ask me, I don't know if the people of Arkansas are ready for recreational marijuana to okay it. In fact, I would say probably not. I think one of these groups may be able to get close, but I don't think they could get the 50 plus one they need to get it okayed, to get it uh, made, made into law. I don't I don't see that happening. I'm not saying it won't happen in the future. I don't think we've had medicinal long enough to go after, you know, recreational. Although they got it in Oklahoma. So there's a lot of things to think about this. You know, our you know the state as a taxpayer, you want to give up that uh, tax money that you're gonna get from the sale of uh, legalized marijuana, I mean, Oklahoma didn't. They understood that that's a lot of money sitting on the table out there. So I want to hear from you. 501-823-0965. Do you believe recreational marijuana can pass on the next ballot in 2020 here in Arkansas? We got news coming your way, then I'll be back with more right here on the dave ellswick show all right back last uh, 25 minutes of this hour coming up in the next hour uh robert steinbach will join us here on the dave ellswick show we'll uh dissect some more of that mueller thing and there's uh some stories out locally about not being able to record uh, a public hearing and uh, that includes the press and so that has uh, been raised as a bone of contention and something that needs to be talked about. Don't forget about Dwayne Smith's insurance agency at uh, 3920 East Keel Avenue in Sherwood. But I don't want to talk about their location as much as I want to talk to you about talking to them. Uh, give them a ring at 501-819-0373. 501-819-0373. Three, and set up a time for you to sit down with one of their professionals like Jerry over there or even with Dwayne and uh, talk to them about your home insurance, talk to them about your car insurance, your life insurance, your motorcycle uh, insurance, any insurance, anything that you got insured around your home, on your land, on your person, you should sit down and Bring that in to them. Set up an appointment to sit down with them and see how Dwayne Smith's insurance agency can charge you less and get you more. Charge you less for the insurance that they can offer to you 
and get you more coverage from your insurance. Again, all you have to do is call them, 501-819-0373, and set up a time to spend some time uh, talking. Just bring your insurance in and, you know, compare apples to apples. And then uh, you can set up a time where you can go over and uh, go to 3920 East Keel Avenue in Sherwood and talk it all out. That's the Dwayne Smith Insurance Agency. That number, one more time, 501-819-0373. All right, so I'm asking again. I'm stunned. I haven't had one call about this. Do you believe, do you think that the state of Arkansas, the voters of Arkansas, by 2020 of next year in November, will approve a measure on the ballot that would allow the recreational use of marijuana here in the state, making us the 12th state and the first southern state to say yes to um, to marijuana. Do you think that that is going to occur? 501-823-0965. Like to hear uh, from our listeners uh, if you think that that's going to happen. I have my doubts. I'm not saying that there's not a large percentage right now in the state of people who don't believe that marijuana shouldn't be legalized. I just don't know if it's that uh, 51% that they need to get it passed uh, in uh, an election. To get people to flip, flip the um, the button to yes on that when they go in to vote next year. What do you think, Russ? Do you think do, that people would be up for doing that? Yes or no? Do I think they'd be up for voting for recreational? Marijuana? Yeah. Do you think that they'll vote for? You think there's enough people in Arkansas right now to vote yay for recreational marijuana? No, I don't, but I could be surprised. Well, we both could be surprised, but both of us probably agree. I think they still have some steps they got to take to make that happen. I don't think that we've had um, medicinal, you know, medicinal um, marijuana long enough yet for the people to get used to that to turn around and okay recreational who we got carol and roland carol okay let's go to carol carol's out and rolling carol how are you welcome to the dave ellswick show your thoughts on this will our kansas our kansan voters if these measures get on the ballot will they go to their uh, polling places and vote yes will they pull yes for marijuana recreational marijuana i i really hope and pray they don't but i'll tell you um, if they, I think if they're properly informed, they need to do a little research, research, and we need to hear more about the stuff that is happening in Colorado as a result of this. Your, your insurance is going to go up because you're going to have people out there stupidly, like they do with alcohol, driving high, and it's going to cause, it, it is causing wrecks in, in Colorado. They, they've said that. It's increased big. And so you've got more deaths, um, and Another thing that 
I, I don't I didn't even understand about the medicinal because I had a friend at least 25 years ago who was having um, treatment for cancer at the University Medicine Center, and they were giving her um, marijuana to smoke regularly. 25 years ago, it it was doing being done medicinally. Uh, you didn't you just had to have the doctor give it to you, you know. Right. But, um, but it was. Illegal, I suppose, for the medicinal part of it then. So why did we have to uh, say open it up and say, well, let everybody, because that's just going to be a slippery slope as far as I can see. But um, I really think that the people need to think about it because it is a slippery slope. And I don't think we want um, access with our kids to have ready access to it. And they will do stupid things and they will die. <laughs> uh, but... Um, I'm just hoping and praying that um, calmer heads and th- and thoughts will prevail, and they'll really research the fact that um, your insurance is going to go up because you're going to have to pay for all the accidents that are going to happen. All right, and uh, and it is happening in Colorado already. They're seeing a a big change in their state as a result of it having been legally legalized for recreation. All right. I just think it's the wrong way to go. All right, Carol. Thank you for your call. We appreciate it. Eight two three zero nine six five. So Carol says she hopes not. She doesn't think so. But she's like Russ and I are. You just never know when you put something in front of the people. I don't know what people are going to do when they step into the voting booth and they're there by themselves and nobody's looking over their shoulder. You know, will they? You know, flip the lever for yay or nay, or push the button, so to speak, for yay or nay. I don't know. We saw it with casinos here in the state and the lottery, and everything else is just one of those things. You know, you talk about the medicinal side of it. I understand that the the medicinal side of it, don't agree with it, but I understand it. Mm -hmm. Did you vote against? Uh, Personally, yes, I did. Okay. So did I. I voted against it as well. A lot of people voted for, but just barely enough to make it uh, uh, legal. You know, my whole problem with the way it was set up is that, and it's because, and that's the reason it's taking so long to be uh, to get it going. Is that uh, you had a situation where you had to from uh, ground zero literally uh, develop a whole new government uh, department to deal with it. And I just knew that was going to be a mess, and it has been a mess. And we've seen, of course, uh, the corruption and everything that goes along with that mess. So uh, it's it's something that, you know, personally, I think that it should have been from the very beginning, uh, if you put it on the ballot, do you vote for or against marijuana? I think medicinal or recreational. It's going to be used recreationally, even if it's just medicinal. I know as far as that's concerned. Got another caller. Who we got this time, Russ? All right, Steve Sherwood. Hi, Steve. How Hi. are you? Welcome to the Dave Ellswick Show. I'm doing good, Dave. Uh, I think that... Uh Given time, it will pass in the state, mm-hmm. unfortunately. But I hope it's not for a long time. I, I think we're we're heading down a very slippery slope of bad things happening in this country, and that's just one more step in that direction. 
Yeah, I won't disagree with that. I appreciate your call. I hope that it doesn't either uh, as quickly as these people are wanting it to. I mean, I we had Jerry Cox on, and he mentioned that Melissa Fultz had said that, you know, this was never about, you know, when she was pushing for medicinal marijuana. It wasn't about recreational marijuana. It was always about medicinal. She wanted to see marijuana being available to people who needed it for medicinal purposes. And what's the first thing that happened? We haven't even really gotten medicinal going in this state. And now she's out pushing, uh, you know, recreational and on top of that, uh, pushing for expungement of, uh, you know, people who are found guilty for uh, going out and, uh, you know, selling marijuana, things of that nature, have found themselves cooling their heels in jail. Quarter till four, more of your calls when we come back. 823-0965. 823-0965. Your thoughts. If we get uh, recreational marijuana on the 2020 ballot, I mean, we're talking a year ahead now. But if they can get the signatures, 85,000 plus, get it onto the ballot uh, for November of next year, will it pass? Will we have recreational marijuana in the state of Arkansas? All right, so in this last segment here, let me ask one last question. Uh, and again, to get in, involved with the Dave Ellswick Show, 823 23 0965. That number works both if you're listening on the air, on the radio, or on my Facebook site, Dave Ellswick Show, or the station's Facebook site, 1011 FM, The Answer. All right. Any place. 501 823 And over the last few years, you know, I, I really haven't been caller driven, but uh, I thought that we might be able to get. Uh, caller driven today get people talking about this because uh it's going to be a big issue i wonder because in in both uh situations on this whole recreational both groups that are pushing for this also want uh this to be uh, taken care of so that people who have been busted for marijuana use and have their criminal record expunged. That I that may. And what happens to everybody who's cooling their heels right now? I agree. I agree. See that now. If you remember, Joyce Elliott had a piece of legislation that she wanted the, the legislature to go in and say, "Hey, look, if we change sentencing guidelines." And a person who got, let's say, busted for a, a gram of coke of uh, of uh, cocaine, ice cocaine, back in the day, a rock, uh, and got you know twenty five years in prison, and now they're going to they change the the time that if you let's say you got a gram and it's a, you know a rock of cocaine, you only get five years in prison, what do you do with the person you sent there for 25, 30 years? Do they continue to sit in jail while other people who have been found guilty of the same offense get out in a much shorter period of time? And that was something that she brought up, wanted to have discussion about. I don't know if they really got into a serious discussion about it or not. 
I think you need to. You need to have to do that because it's just exactly what Russ is saying. You know, expunging is for those people that are, are cooling their heels in jail right now. That's what you're talking about, letting those people out of jail. And what are the parameters for expunging? I mean, uh, I think uh, the first uh, group says a pound and below, you can have your uh, have your record expunged. Over a pound, you can't. So they set that. I didn't see anything for the other group as far as that's concerned. Uh, let me see it. I looked at that. And that, don't uh, get me. Don't. Do, what about people who are? And forgive me for this. People are are in prison for Capone style charges. What do you mean, Capone? Have you know have? They're in there for a pound of marijuana, but you let them out because that was the only thing that that could that they could be busted on or. It'd have to be a lot more for a couple of lids, yeah. if you will. That's the only thing they could be busted for was for trafficking. But now they get out based on changing the regulations. But the reason they were the real reason they were in there was because they had other stuff that could not be. Yeah, they think that perhaps let's say they were running a group. An organization, maybe they killed some people, but there wasn't enough to prove that they had done exactly. it. Exactly. So they they went out and they got uh, got them for like you're saying with Capone, they got him on taxes, correct? And they couldn't get him on a lot of other stuff, the murders and things of that nature. You got some of the killers that did his bidding, but none of them would, uh, of course, witness against him. So uh, yeah, I agree. There's a lot of questions there. There's a whole lot of questions there, and that's why. I think it'll give people pause when they go into the voting booth. So anyway, that's, you know, you still, you got to, hey, look, you still, they still have to get it on the ballot. Uh, and then you still have over a year to think about it. And I can tell you now that if they do get it on the ballot, it's going to be a, a main topic here on the Dave Ellswick show. I uh, can't, uh, can, I won't deny that, that it'd be a major topic to talk about all right so robert steinbach going to join us here in just a few moments and uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about the Mueller uh meetings yesterday i got trey gowdy i got some sound from him i got rachel maddow who even admits that uh democrats did not have a great day by any stretch of the imagination uh the Speaker of the House, Pelosi, saying we have special considerations on impeachment. What does she mean about that? That's something to talk about. Uh, CNN analyst Phil Mudd, he was really straight on, man. He said Democrats need to just shut up about impeachment. This was a CNN analyst? Yeah, CNN analyst. Hey, CNN's Tubin. We you know, we know him. I mean, uh that's their version of, uh, you know, uh, liberal uh, constitutionalist. The Dems' handling of Trump investigations are, in his words, a wall-to-wall failure. 
And then Trump on the Mueller testimony, devastating day for the Democrats. All that's coming up and be talked about between Robert and I. And uh, we'll carry on that conversation when we come back. we got news coming your way here in just a couple of minutes. And uh, it's five minutes. We'll catch up on what's going on around the world. And then I will get back with you and uh, along with Robert. And, and uh, we'll try to make some semblance of arguments about what's been happening. Got to talk about Mueller. Everybody's still talking about it. So I'll, uh, I'll give my two cents worth and back it up with a lot of sound that we got from a lot of different people. I don't have any AOC today, so I, I can't give you any uh, incredible entertainment uh, from her side uh, of the aisle and in the AOC brain. All right, let me get a break going on here on the Dave Ellswick Show, and then when I come back uh, after the news with Robert, we'll pick it up here on the Dave Ellswick Show. So stay tuned. we got more coming your way here in about, oh, give me about six minutes, and I'll be back on the Dave Ellswick Show. Okay, back with you here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, so we've got a lot of things going on here. Uh, by the way, I just heard from the folks over at uh, Magic Springs, and uh, Mike is coming back by in August. Because guess who's going to be? Guess guess who's going to be over at Magic Springs? Take a guess, Ross. Um, I don't know, Michael W. Smith? No. About know. as far away from I, I, Michael who, who W. Smith. Michael W. Smith? He's a, a con, Christian contemporary artist. Is that right? I yeah, he's great. great. He's Ozzy great, Osbourne. Uh, yeah, there no, Ozzy's not coming. But the village people are. Hey! Uh, hey! <laughs> I'm not sure that's entirely consistent with uh, Russ's reference. No, not with Michael W. Smith. That, that's for Definitely sure. Definitely not with Michael yeah, W. Yeah, absolutely. And, I might uh, see the village people. I remember them. I was like in sixth grade or something. Yeah, they're going to be out there. So anyway. They really had some remarkable hits. Yeah, know? they did. YMCA, yeah. biggest one that they had, of course. YMCA, Macho the Navy. Man. Macho, the one Macho said, Man. In the Navy. In the Navy. In the Navy, right. Yeah. You know, the Navy used that one in, in advertisement. They, they had, did. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they actually did yeah. that, that, to their chagrin. But, yeah, well, they did. maybe to their credit. <laughs> right? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, especially with don't ask, don't tell. But anyway, what can I say about that? Yeah. Well, welcome back. It's good to be back. It's I good. I was down this morning, early this morning, at the, uh, what's it called, the Civil Something Commission, the Civil Service Commission. When, because I had heard already last night that they illegally voted in a prohibition on the media. And so I went down this morning. Uh, and uh, incidentally, I, I went into City Hall. They take your picture to give you an ID in City Hall. That's a violation of, of the what? FOIA. It's a violation of the FOIA right there. So that's the first violation of the FOIA. Then they didn't have enough room for all of the attendees. Is that for their facial uh, identification, recognition program? I think program? It's, it's just for the past, but uh, that notwithstanding, it's still illegal. So that's, that's City Hall's first uh, illegality this morning at 745. Then they didn't have enough seats in the room. And they clearly contemplated that they would not have enough seats in the room. They had a whole bunch of cops there to attend to that. Uh, I must say, by the way, I was very impressed with the Little Rock police, as I often am. I'm not saying I've never... Th Nobody was out throwing water on them? No, and they were very respectful and very polite. 
but they didn't let people up uh, after the fire marshal said all the seats were taken. Uh, the fact that they knew there were not enough seats there is a potential violation of the FOIA. Not a definitive one, but a potential. So shall we call it one and a half violations uh, so far of the Freedom of Information Act. In this respect, let's be clear, the aspect of the Freedom of Information Act that's known as the Open Meetings Act, where mm-hmm. any citizen of the state of Arkansas can attend any public hearing. He's entitled uh, to be present. He's entitled not to have his photograph taken. And finally, the third or second and a half violation, when the commission voted to upend the law, to violate the law, to break the law. By the way, it's a criminal violation. It's a criminal violation. They should be prosecuted. Uh, Larry Jegley should arrest each and every one of them and throw them in jail. Uh, so they uh, voted to keep to prevent the press from recording the events. Okay, so I got a question. Are, are, is Carpenter, I think he's the city attorney, if I'm not mistaken, shouldn't he be telling these people you can't do this? Apparently he did about an hour ago. Now, what's not clear to me is that prior thereto, I was told that either he or his office had stated a basis for why that action was legal. Yes, I heard. Now, from what I understood, yeah. what they're saying... All our meetings are open to the public like right. this, and you can you can record them or whatever, except for, is it like personnel or something like well, that? Well, personnel are not open meetings. Those are held in executive session. Okay. But the claim that was made was related to that. So I think you're right. You heard something along those lines. That, well, this is, this is kind of like a hearing, and that's like a judicial proceeding, and there are different rules in the Freedom of Information Act for judicial proceedings. Okay, well, you're the mister who wrote the book on it, so Quite tell, literally. tell us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gibberish. Hogwash. If a student said that in my class, out on his butt he would go. Okay? This is the kind of shinola that I'm unfortunately, I have unfortunately come to expect from local government. But it's just dead wrong. In sixth grade, you'll learn there are three branches of government the executive, the judicial, the legislative. Thank you. And so there are different rules. And different laws that apply as a consequence of that, quote, separation, end quote. Separation of powers is the doctrine that applies here. This is not the judicial branch. Any reference to the judicial branch by an attorney, no less, is beyond sheer ignorance. It's incompetence. It's absolute incompetence. And it should be prosecuted under the Freedom of Information Act. So who said that early on, how it was said, I'm not sure at this point. Because apparently Tom Carpenter has come out and said, has called a halt to the meeting and said, oh, you can't do that. By the way, like seven hours later, six hours later, Tom, where were you, Tom? Were you asleep at the switch or was it the phone calls from everybody, including me yesterday, by the way, from every member of press to ask you, how come you guys are violating the law? Why are you asleep at the switch? Yeah, I'm happy you didn't take the ship down, Tom, but you pretty much brought it to the brink. I'm sick and tired of paying the highest tax dollars, the highest tax dollars in the whole region 
for this level of incompetence. Okay, so this story was in today's paper. It's yeah. on the front page yeah. at the bottom. I'm quoted in it. Claire Turnage yeah. uh, wrote it. The Little Rock Civil Service Commission's new regulation allowing commissioners to ban photo, video, and audio recording devices during public hearings contradicts multiple Arkansas Attorney General opinions experts on this are saying. The commission approved a regulation Tuesday that would allow the body's chairman to stop people, including media members, from recording during discipline, uh, disciplinary appeal hearings. Now, here's the thing that I wondered about. This happens to pop up right at the time when the guy that got fired from the police department uh, is appealing, is that appealing fire. his right. firing. And remember, do you think that that's what this is really of about? Of course it's about that. Oh, it's a coincidence. It's a, you know, every hack, bureau hack, liar that changes a rule or imposes a rule on somebody uh, says, oh, no, no, for illegitimate purposes, always says, it's the archetype of the of the illegitimate defense. I was like, oh, it's a coincidence. I didn't really. Is that tomorrow? Yeah, we're talking is about that, Starks. Yeah, Starks. Remember, was uh, um, uh, hit by a car with a guy who had a gun in the car. Yeah, tried uh, to drive him over. He shot through the windshield. Shot killed through him. the windshield, killed the guy, and everyone in the chain of command. Everyone in the chain of command said he was within his authority to do so. Larry Jegley declined to prosecute because there was nothing to prosecute. And then the new chief of uh, of the, the police, police, the commissioner, fired the, him. The, the new commissioner of the police put in by our very non-transparent mayor. What's the mayor's name? Scott. Scott. Frank Scott. Frank Scott. Frank Scott who claims to be Mr. Transparency, and he's the opposite. And Frank Scott puts in this new commissioner who upends the decision-making of every person in blue on that force. They fire the cop, and now the news has come out. Guess what? Frank Scott was lobbying behind the scenes to get rid of this cop after the shooting. Oh, really? I hadn't oh, heard yeah. that yet. Oh, yeah. Does that sound like justice to you? Not to me, it don't. Not to me, it don't. So, so. bottom line, do you think they know that this is not going to fly, but they're going to try to do it so they can not allow people into that hearing? Well, they they prevent they kick, they kick someone out forcibly, in fact. Uh, Russ Rakoff for filming in the hearing. They told all the press, you got to turn off your recorders. There was, there was no recording of the hearing for hours, okay. for hours and hours. I sat in that hearing for hours and hours. So went on with what, what, what happened to Stark? Well, what, the part that I saw is he was being cross-examined and direct-examined by his attorney, and he was discussing what transpired. Okay, but they but don't want everybody to know this. They don't want to know it firsthand. Now, here's the irony, Dave. They want the cops to wear cameras so you can see what the cops are doing, but God forbid you see what the cronies are doing to the cop who is wearing his camera. 
Is that not the ultimate hypocrisy? But that's the thing, Dave. When you're a bureau hack, you want the rules to apply to everybody else, not to you. Hey, I'm king. Kings can't do any wrong. Come on, Dave. Hey, I'll give you a little Joe Biden. Come on, man. Come on, man. That can't apply to me. Come on, man. I know you. That's... It's uh, it it sure does it sure smells wrong. This city's going to heck in a handbasket if this is the kind of operation that's going on on a daily basis. All right, let's take a break, take a breath. Robert Steinbach is here. He is a uh, law professor over at Bowen School of Law. His opinions are his and his alone, and not necessarily those of the Bowen School of Law or. UALR. We're going to continue talking to him here in a moment. You know, you got a 96% chance. That's a 96% chance of losing $111,000 in Social Security benefits. According to new research in Bloomberg, 96% of Americans lose $111,000 in Social Security benefits. Because they take the benefits at the wrong time. There's a lot of ways you can lose your money. Take it at at 62, and I'll guarantee you, you're going to lose about almost three quarters of the money you could have gotten if you waited until you're 70. Learn how you can avoid that by uh, an educational workshop called Maximizing Social Security with David Lucas. It's held right here in Little Rock. Two workshops in August. Registration's 20 bucks. There's only room for 32 people. Not 32 now. A bunch of people already are getting in. You need to get in, too. To do that, call 501-653-6690. That's 501-653-6690. The workshop reveals the little-known strategies that could help you wring every nickel out of your benefits that are rightfully yours. Here's the number to call again, 501-653-6690. 501-653-6690. Back with you, Dave Ellswick Show. Do you think some of this is lost on the public, uh, Robert? I mean, let's be honest. I don't see, except when I have you on my show, I don't see the news media, the television news media especially, being able to report on this in such a way that people understand what this means to them? I think that's really a great question. So I think there's a a number of things going on. First of all, what does the news media themselves know about the law? And they contact me. I I was on the phone today all day with the media. And that's a good thing. That's not a complaint. No. My point simply is they're they're generally not lawyers. Some of this is simple. Some of it is medium. Some of it can be challenging. So uh, the first thing they do is they get in touch with me. I think that's helpful. And I'm not trying to point to myself. I think it's helpful to have someone who's an academic uh, or other expert. We have practitioners who are experts. John Tull is an expert. Chris Corbett is an expert. So there are experts in the community. Oh, uh, Joey McCutcheon uh, over in... um, Fort Smith. Thank you. Uh, um, uh, These are FOIA experts in the state. So having the opportunity for the media to reach out to experts 
of one form or the other. I don't like to refer to myself as an expert, but I will say I know a fair amount about the law. Um, it is very useful. And then they have to convey it to the public. Now, the public relies on the media to do this, right? The same way you rely on your doctor to, to have the nuances. You have a general sense. I don't feel well. I go to the doctor. Hey, doc, you figure it out. And so the media has an obligation that they generally fulfill quite well uh, in communicating that to the public. So when it gets down to the public, what the public knows, and all they really need to know is, hey, they shut off transparency in a government meeting, and they can't do that. And it'd be nice if, and look, I understand the monetary limitations for a lot of these news organizations and a lot of these TV stations and a lot of the people that are doing their reporting for them have not been reporting for a long time. They may not understand the nuances of the story that they're covering. I I mean, I understand all of that. Right. They haven't been here for a long time. Uh, But you you should be able to understand the backstory enough to know the correct question to ask about why something like this bounces up at this particular time. Yeah, yeah. Well, i got to say, I've spoken to so many good reporters today, today alone. I'm so impressed. And I know I'm going to leave off some outlet, but I was talking, for example, to uh, a couple of uh, reporters at the Dem Gas. I'm so impressed with the Dem Gas. We, it's a local, it's truly a local paper, yeah. right? And you they know, try hard. And, and, they, and they do a good job. They really do a good job. It is a it is an outstanding local paper. I'm not trying to bring out logo. What do you mean logo? Meaning they don't have a bureau in Tel Aviv. You know what I mean? That's what I mean by local paper. Yeah, bureaus in maybe Benton. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. In Hebrew Springs, that's the yeah. closest to Tel Aviv. So. Um, and as you know, I read the New York Times even to this day, even though they have dramatically changed and have a clear leftist bias. Oh. It's, it's transparent. Duh. Transparent. <laughs> and uh, I think a story for story, the Dem Gaz does a better job. It's really remarkable. But I don't read the Dem Gaz for international news because they get it off the wire service. They don't have international folks, so I can read. I can read it direct. But the the local reporters here really do a, 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 a remarkable job. Uh, I was talking with Clara Turnage today. Uh, I was talking with um, uh, Lisa Hammersley uh, today. Uh, I was talking to uh, Paige uh, Cushman, um, uh, Maureen at Channel Seven. Uh, I you know I'm I'm leaving people off now, but there's just so many of them, uh, and they do such a fantastic job. And they were all up in arms about this. They were all correct. In fact, I ran into one of them last night uh, out front of City Hall uh, because I went to go make sure I knew where the location was because I was coming down today. Right. And uh, she said, "Oh, you're going to come for that hearing?" I said, "Well." I'm going to come for the aspect of the hearing that deals with the fact that they're shutting out the media. She said, what? Cause it oh, just, she didn't know. It, yeah, because it just came out. It wasn't like she was behind uh, the time. Yeah. It just came out. And she said her first remark was, they can't do that. I said, I know. Yeah. 
They think they can, they think and that's they have done. That's thus a problem. Far. You know what is it? What does law mean? It's twenty kind of, seconds. Yeah. yeah. What does law mean? In the end, it means whatever the bad guy can get away with. That's what it means. That's what it's ended up being right. in our great country. That's what I'm to talking be honest. about. All right, let's take a break, uh, Robert, for the news, and and that's why I have Robert on. Robert, uh, a lot of the news deals with legalities, and when it comes to legalities, he can help us out. All right, let's talk about national now. Mm-hmm. All right, Trey Gowdy. You want to hear what he had to say about the music? Absolutely. Uh, I love Trey Gowdy. Here's what He's Trey good. Gowdy had to He's say. Good. Yesterday for us, how did you see it? A train wreck, an unmitigated disaster. Um, you know, expectations always outpace the reality with congressional hearings, but the disparity yesterday was pretty stark. And Sandra, I've been part of some dud congressional hearings myself. Yesterday was just a disaster. I, I missed seeing you uh, in that uh, committee hearing yesterday. You're a former prosecutor and you always ask very pointed questions. Is there a question you would have asked that did not get asked yesterday? Uh, gosh, I hated when people did that to me. I mean, I left. So I thought Radcliffe did a fantastic job, Devin, Mike Turner. The only thing I probably would have done is follow up. You know, when Mueller says, well, that was out of my purview, why? I mean, how in the world can a meeting that took place the day before Trump Tower and the day after Trump Tower, how can those meetings be outside your purview, but Trump Tower be in your purview and I thought Johnny did a great job on the exoneration. So did Mike Turner. But I would have beaten the hell out of that exoneration. <laughs> There's no prosecutor in the country that's ever set out to exonerate someone else. So I follow up. But in terms of the original questions, I thought the Republicans were, were really well prepared. All right. I love that. There ain't no prosecutor ever went into court to exonerate somebody. It doesn't exist. Yeah. Right, it just doesn't. It, and one no of I forget thing. which one was it, but he, 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 he kept asking Mueller this and this and this, and Mueller, you know, I can't talk about it. And he says, I understand why you can't talk about because it, it doesn't exist. It was great. Yeah. It was really good. He just kept teeing him up, teeing him up, teeing him up. Rachel Maddow, got to hear what Rachel had to say I, about it. And this. I did not hear. What did she say? All right, here's cut. All two. in all, just look at today as a whole. It was just a remarkable day, not just for this presidency, but for the presidency. I mean, I know that the Trump White House and conservative media are trying to, like, chin up tonight and make it seem like they had a great day today. Everything was fine. Nobody died. Uh, they did not have a great day today. I mean, this was the president's day today. It was just breathtaking. Wait, what? It made no sense, did it? Wait, was that from yesterday? That's from what? yesterday. What? I'm genuinely confused. <laughs> so this was a bad day? Listen, the president has had bad she, days. But then she said, yeah. it's a good day for the president. She just kind of, um, play that one more time. Yeah. Play what, that one more time. Wait, what? All in all, just look at today as a whole. It was just a remarkable day, not just for this presidency, but for the presidency. I don't get that, but that's I mean, right. I know that the Trump White House and conservative media are trying to, like, chin up tonight and make it seem like they had a great no, day today. Everything to was up, fine. Rachel. Nobody died. Nobody uh, died. They did not have a great day today. They did not? I mean... Here it is. This was the president's day today. It was just breathtaking. This was. No, I don't think she means that in a positive yeah. way. So she said that the president had a bad day. The the Mueller testimony had the potential to be bad for the president. Uh, really bad. Right. The problem is it wasn't. It was 
I'm not going to say it about the burger. I'm not using that. Dem- I'm not saying it, Dave. I'm not doing it. Okay. There was nothing not, there. Not going to do it. Nothing um, there. There was nothing there. And, of course, there was such a buildup by um, Nadler and Schiff that... Schiff is such a squirrely little oh, dude. In any event, uh, both Nadler and Schiff... They were so hopeful, and of course the Dems were hopeful that this would be the springboard by which they could bring There's impeachment. There's a story today, either in Hill or Politico, which one, mm-hmm. saying that the uh, the players of the Democrat Party up there on, on Congress up the Hill, and mm-hmm. being a member of the media for many years that I have been, I know this is true. You know, politicians are calling, don't miss this one. Do not miss, and they've been doing that all week. Oh, they played it up. And they showed up and nothing. No, no, no. That don't don't play well with the press, I'm telling you, when they send their A teams and then there's nothing there. There's no way. Welcome to Nothing Burger. Come to Nothing Burger. (laughs) Oh, there it is. He had to drop it. He had to drop it. Unbelievable. (laughs) Anyway. I, I was at a loss. I am at a loss, I should say including words, apparently, at the moment, to understand how Maddow can describe it. By the way, there were plenty of, to give credit, where's credit's due, given that the mainstream media has been quite biased, there were a number of leftists and mainstream media commentators who said, yeah, that didn't go well at all. Okay, so hold that thought. Yes, sir. CNN's Tubin. Here's a perfect example of that. Cut number five. You know what might be a good idea for the Democrats in the House of Representatives is to find out something. You know, I mean, remember, <laughs> they, remember yes. they, you know, they got one control of the House of Representatives and they were going to do investigations. Name one thing that any of these investigations have uncovered. Now we're almost, you know, at the, at the summer recess. Where are the now, tapes? It, it, you're like, well, like, what are they, what are they doing? I mean, the, the fact well, that I mean, they've been, go, go Jeff, go Jeff, go Jeff. You know, they've been, um, they have been, uh, stymied by yeah. the president. Yeah, I mean, right. they've had a run into unprecedented, uh, uh, you know, in, interference from the press. But I mean, let's not kid ourselves. This has been a wall to wall failure in all all these committees. Do you see this as a wall-to-wall fail- failure? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that I, I agree with everything that you're saying. And I think it's, you know, the process is being driven by, obviously, political interests, by wanting to please the base that, that are very animated, understandably, about Donald Trump and, and, and really want to see him go and really want to see him be held accountable. But I think that um, they haven't, they don't, I mean, Nancy Pelosi, if, if, if she thought that this was going to work, I think she would support it. I, it's, there's no question this is not a person who's a fan of Donald Trump, and I think she feels the same way. But Jeffrey's right. I mean, they, they, they need to do better than what they're doing. And I actually think this whole hearing that we watched today was was pretty close to a disaster for them as well. I, I just don't think that they, okay, um, we can stop they didn't there. advance the ball in any way for themselves. If you can't pick up the voice, that's Alice Stewart from uh, here in Little Rock. Yeah. Our Good friend of the show. Yeah. Anyway, she's right. But more I hate to say this, Tubin's right. Well, and that's the interesting point. Now she's right, and she's a conservative. <laughs> Tubin's right, and he's a, a leftist. And like they say, even a blind boar will find a truffle in the woods every once in a while. But in all seriousness, I'm teasing a little bit. But like I said, there were several commentators on the left who came out and said correctly, accurately, fairly 
No, that was not good for the for the Dems. No. And that's why I hadn't heard Rachel Maddow. I don't watch her regularly anymore. I will watch her, but I don't watch her I regularly. I can't watch her. It, it's become increasingly difficult. So that's why I don't watch her. I used to watch her regularly. Not that I agreed with her, but I thought she would have interesting guests. And I think it's useful to hear what the other side has to say. But when it becomes a screed, a rant, uh, just nonsensical, gibberish, it loses its potency. And that's unfortunately what a lot of the left has become. In any event, I digress a bit, but I have no clue what she's talking about in that quote that you provided because this was an unmitigated (laughs) failure for the Dems. And by the way, I've always defended Mueller as an individual. I am not one of these people that's come out and attacked him. I, I, I don't believe that he was personally motivated to screw over the president, but I do believe that that whole group was overwhelmingly populated by strong Hillary supporters, and I'm at least skeptical of that, uh, of, of how the outcome is affected by that uh, factor. But individually and personally and professionally, I, I don't have any criticism from Mueller. And so I, I cautiously comment on the hearing to say it was not a strong performance, meaning I think one could say more. I don't think it's necessary to say more. I think if you watched it, right. you know what we're saying. That's right. Bottom That's line. Right. All right. We will take a break. We'll come back. Impeachment. Yes or no? We'll talk about that on the Dave Ellswick Show. Papadopoulos tells a diplomat, Russians have dirt on Clinton. Diplomat tells the FBI. What I'm wondering is, who told Papadopoulos? How'd he find out? I can't get into the evidentiary file. Yes, you can, because you wrote about it. You gave us the answer. Page 192 of the report, you tell us who told him. Joseph Mifsud. Joseph Mifsud's a guy who told Papadopoulos. The mysterious professor who lives in Rome and London, works at teach in two different universities. This is the guy who told Papadopoulos. He's the guy who starts it all. And when the FBI interviews him, he lies three times. And yet you don't charge him with a crime. You charge Rick Gates for false. All right, back with you. Uh, Nancy Pelosi stood in front of the microphone, talked about impeachment. Should we impeach? Shouldn't we impeach? Here's what she said about it. Cut number three. What you saw today, did it change whether or not you think the House of Representatives should launch impeachment proceedings? My position has always been uh, that whatever decision we made in that regard would have to be done with our strongest possible hand. And we still have some outstanding matters in the courts. It's about the Congress, the Constitution and the courts. And we are fighting the president on, uh, in the courts. What do you need to know on impeachment to say, okay, we don't know enough yet? There's Did I just not say we're waiting to hear the, uh, from the courts? So we have our subpoenas in the court for, and the subpoenas are for information. And we, and when we get that information, so we can make a judgment. So that will be a telltale sign about whether or not you. you know, what, we, we have so several considerations. It's about uh, what information is there, and this isn't endless. This isn't endless. Right. I understand that. But we have live cases in the courts. We have some that are going forward uh, that Mr. Uh, Chairman uh, Nather just mentioned. It is an endless, but with strengthening our hand to get that information. All right, that's all we needed. All right. We need more information. No she wants a, BS. She wants the strongest 
<clears throat> possible hand, and she's playing Texas Hold'em, and she drew a seven and a two. <laughs> All right? N- not matching suits, fold. by the way. <laughs> time to fold. Yeah, not matching suits. Yeah, time to fold. Right. Okay, so CNN analyst Phil Mudd, he's got an answer for Pelosi. Here's what he had to see, say on CNN yesterday. What do you think the Democrats should do next? I think at this point, it's about duty. I mean, I'm not a political analyst. I'm about the rule of law. And I think that you're smart. You work at the FBI. You're a law professor. What do you think they should do? I think they need to begin an impeachment inquiry. I mean, this has, you know, if if you are looking at this from an investigative point of view, um, there is more than enough reasonable suspicion. But you can't finish the job. To you will not impeach it doesn't this matter. president. You know, the FBI every day gets leads where they don't know if it's going to result in a but successful prosecution. But you know now it won't result in a successful prosecution. You know, you don't know the future. I mean, we think that, but there are factors that unfold as things go on. And uh, frankly, it will drive the president she nuts. Like He might have Kool-Aid. some Colonel Jessup moment where he confesses everything on national television. But that's not necessarily you know, the, best, the best reason to do it. But I'm saying that we don't know the outcome. All right, I got we you. do it for what is the right right now. Phil Mudd. Two words. They should shut up. <laughs> they might see some indication of wrongdoing. A, as you're suggesting, they will never reach the end of this in 15 months. And B, it's going to divide America. So if you can't reach a conclusion and if it's bad for the country, regardless of whether you see some evidence of wrongdoing, do you think that you should pursue this? I'd say, A, for, for reasons of America, shut up. And B, I'm not a politician. But if you think Americans are going to say, I'm going to watch this show paint drying for another 15 months. If I, you know, I watch this myself and I'd say, leave me alone. Find something else. I, I didn't know Robert was on that show. Exactly. Yeah. Wasn't that what I was saying the other yeah. day on the They should shut, shut up. up. <laughs> Shut up already! That's too good. That was that was really too good. They should shut up. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. true. Mm-hmm. Period. You don't have nothing. You have zero. Don't say it, Ross. I'm not going to. I'm not going to say it. It's zero. Zero nada. It's negative. What kind of sandwich? Don't Welcome say to Nothing it. Burger. Home don't of the Nothing it. Burger. It's We're a, gonna help it's, you today. It's a negative zero, all right? That's what it is. We're into the negative realm about this now. It ain't going to happen. Not going to happen. I, why Why do you think Pelosi sits up there and says, oh, we got all this stuff in the courts? Oh, she's actually, she politically, she handled it perfectly. Here's her answer. Here, her answer. Let me tra- Let me give you the Pelosi okay, to English, go. the Pelosi to Arkansas <laughs> translation, right? The Pelosi to everybody in America translation, you know, because she's out there in San Francisco. So right. the San Francisco to Arkansas translation is, hey, folks, I don't want to say out loud that we've got nothing. So what I'm going to say is we got to let that stew continue to cook. But there ain't no beef in there, and nothing's going to come of it. That's what she's saying. All right. Oh, she gets it. Okay, she understands it. So the president understood what yesterday meant. Cut number six. Here's the president. The Democrats lost so big today. Their party is in shambles right now. They've got the squad leading their party. They are a mess. Where even you take a look at Scribe, and you take a look at so many of the people that were the most outspoken. And they say this was a devastating day for the Democrats. And you know it, John, and everybody else knows it. This was a devastating day for the Democrats. No, no, a very dumb and very unfair question. 
because if you look at his correction, he took that totally out of play. He made his decision based on the facts, not based on some rule. So you shouldn't even ask that question because you know it's a phony. All right, we need a break. He just put down a reporter, and rightly so. What, well, what about what Lisa? Well, it doesn't matter because he came back in the in the afternoon and said, you know, I misspoke myself on that, and there, you know, we wouldn't, we're not going to pursue this. We never were going to pursue it. rule or no rule online. And then for shift, and by the way, our good friend Ash Chow, who is a good friend of this show, when she was with the Washington Examiner, she was a reporter for. She now works for the Daily Wire for for Ben Shapiro. Oh, nice. And she wrote an article about Schiff yesterday. You remember when Schiff uh, gave us his his thing about morality? You remember that yesterday? I'm not sure. No. Oh, yeah, oh I didn't yeah, hear yeah. it yesterday. He was yesterday the I didn't hear it. Yeah, he's talking. He says, the knee, you Oh, know, he's, he's spewing morality? Yeah. He's okay. my spiritual leader yeah. now? now listen, I've got a rabbi. Thank you. The need to act in an ethical manner is not just a moral one, but when people act unethically, it also exposes them to compromise, particularly in dealing with foreigners is that true he asked me and Mueller said yeah I guess you know basically what am I supposed to say there what's the answer to that question okay so Schiff says protecting the sanctity of our elections begins with the recognition that accepting foreign help is disloyal to our country unethical and wrong we cannot control what the Russians do not completely but we can decide what we do and what this centers centuries old experiment we call American democracy is worth cherishing so ash thank god i there was it was on the tip of my tongue i could not come up with i wanted there's something about shift that kept saying there's some here it is she had it the statements appear hypocritical coming from shift remember two years ago eagerly he attempted to obtain naked photos of trump from two russian pranksters whom he was told were ukrainian officials and he believed that the pranksters had claimed Trump had sex with a Russian model after the 2013 Miss Universe pageant. Schiff's office, after getting caught, claimed he suspected it was fake and had informed appropriate law enforcement and security personnel of the conversation before and after the call, a spokesman said back in 2018 to The Atlantic. Maybe he just wanted naked pictures of Trump for his personal collection. Maybe. I'd, <laughs> I don't know. I think Russ has he's a book got, of those. Right? He's got Russ, naked Russ, pictures of men. Naked pictures of former presidents, former national. You active. stopped beating your children, right? Right, exactly. Exactly. I no longer have a book full of naked oh, pictures of yes. former presidents. Right, Russ? When did you stop collecting? Exactly. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Oh, my. I just think that he is such an oily little man. He really is an oily little man. I don't know if he's little. He looks kind of tall on television. I don't know. Burns got nothing on him. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. Absolutely. I'm going to have to get Alice on when she's back in town and see if she'll actually talk about some of these politicians like, okay, so let me ask about this person yeah. and see if she'll give us let's get the skinny Alice. yeah give us the real stuff here you know probably not she's got to work with them <laughs> time to open up you know how it goes with that we're out of time robert it's always fun i'm gonna give you friday off how's that okay i won't catch your pay because you're not going to show up i want double <laughs> i'll see you back on monday god bless it's always a pleasure having you here robert steinbach do you have a a, a, a website yet 
I've got a Twitter thing, at Rob Steinbuck. Okay, so get a hold of him. At R-O-B-S-T-E-I-N-B-U-C-H. Watch it. He he posted to a friend, and I told him he should have made it a tweet, saying today's... uh, you know, meeting on on Capitol Hill with Mueller, and he had the Hindenburg disaster. That's <laughs> that's really good. All right, a break. I'll see you tomorrow. Don't forget that coming up, we've got our replay of my interview with J.R. Davis. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.